Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. There's a man that lived in the late 1600, early 1700 centuries. His name was John Donne, and he said a quote that has been made famous. It is this, No man is an island. And how very, very true that is. And it is especially true for those of us who follow the Lord Jesus Christ. We, us aliens, live in a community before a watching world. We are a community of believers. We're the body of Christ. But we are not isolated somewhere. We're not an island. We live before a watching world. Jesus, in his famous Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And then, John, in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus, uh, toward the end of his life, on the night before he died, said this, A new commandment I give to you, that you... Love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And then the Apostle Paul, writing in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16, said, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory, because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. So even the Apostle Paul there is uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, reminding us that we as a community of believers are living before a watching world. The world without a doubt is watching. They see what's going on. We are studying through the book of 1 Peter. Peter instructed us uh, to live with excellent behavior before the Gentiles or before unbelievers in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. And then he went on to give us an example of three areas that's, that's common to believers, three areas in which we could submit ourselves and live with excellence before the watching world. Uh, those three areas that we covered in previous co- podcasts are these. First, submit to God-ordained government, and all government is God-ordained, in chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. The second area is to submit in suffering. Submit in suffering, chapter 2, verses 18 to 25. And the third area that we Submit is submit in marriage, in the marital relationship to one another. In chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, all of those areas are areas that that are challenging in many ways. They're challenging. Uh, it, it's challenging sometimes to submit to the government. But remember, Peter was writing that uh, at being submitting to Nero, to despotic rule of emperors. We live, those of us in in the United States, in a democratic republic where we actually have a voice in our government. And then suffering. You know, they knew suffering. These aliens were running from Nero and were experiencing escalating suffering. But 
um, the Apostle Peter said, submit in suffering. The world sees how you respond to that. And then marriage. Marriage is that is that common thing all around the world. In marriage, you put two sinful people together, and that's that's any of us that are in marriage. You have you have uh, uh, difficulty, and so submit to one another in marriage. He said. So those areas are very very important. So we come to today's passage, and that's First Peter chapter three, verse eight. And there we are told this to sum up. All of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. Verse 9, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. And so uh, the Apostle Peter there is saying, all right, we're going we're gonna to sum it all up. We're going to talk about what true submissive living looks like. Here are some things that will characterize what I've been talking about in these three areas. Here's how mutual submission looks uh, from God's standpoint of view. And, and so he's summing it up. To sum all up, all of you, that, that's all of, all of us aliens, those of us that are a part of this wonderful community of of the Lord Jesus Christ, followers of Christ, all of you be first harmonious, be harmonious. And that is a, a good word. It's a good word that uh, means to be of the same mind or unity of heart. It, it goes it goes into the very heart. It goes into the very mind. It goes inward. And, and it, it starts with what's going on inside, inside of us. And so uh, that, that's where... Everything starts. Uh, uh, the writer of the Proverbs says, "Out of the heart flow all the issues of life," and and uh, we are reminded that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It all starts in the heart, and harmony, living harmoniously, uh, begins with being of the same mind, with a unity of heart. Now, it doesn't mean that there's uniformity. Unity and uniformity are two different things. Uniformity is everybody marches in lockstep. There's absolutely no disagreement, no variety. It's all the same. That's not what's being called for here. Unity, on the other hand, recognizes variety, recognizes there are areas of disagreement, but being able to disagree agreeably and still get along and still care, living harmoniously. From the heart. And then the second thing he says, be sympathetic. Now, um, that, that, according to Barnes, is entering into one another's feelings. It's kind of a, a mutual thing. It's, it's, it's um, living empathetically. Um, and, and we are reminded in Romans chapter 12, verse 15, the Apostle Paul tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That's what this sympathetic means here. It is a mutual thing. It's a give and take thing. It's entering into that's that relationship where we, we do rejoice with each other when things are going well and we weep with each other when when challenges and, and heartaches come. That's that's the meaning of this word sympathetic. As Barnes said, entering into one another's feelings. We live kind of isolated today. You know, we'll go home and pull up in the driveway, push a button, raise the garage door up, pull the car in, shut the door behind us and go in in our little cocoon. And, and that's not how God intended us to live, particularly as followers of Christ. He intended us to live sympathetically, 
enter into one another's feelings. Rejoice and weep together. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15, that word sympathy is used. The same word where it says, we don't have a high priest that can't sympathize with us. Jesus entered into our feelings. He has been tempted in every way as we have. And then the next word is brotherly. And that is one word. Uh, and, and that one word is philadelphos. And it just means loving the brethren. And that's the only place in the New Testament that this word is used. And there's so much that could be said about loving the brethren. But I think that there's a, enough said in scriptures that you understand that he has called us to love one another in a family relationship. We are part of the family of God. The next word is be kind-hearted. And that is uh, simply being tender-hearted toward the afflicted. Whereas sympathetic was a mutual give and take in, in the body, uh, the, the, uh, t- the, the tender-hearted, the kind-hearted, is toward those that are suffering. It is, a, it is uh, having a compassion that acts, that acts, that, that does something about it. It is a kind-heartedness. The next one is humble in spirit. Be humble in spirit. And that is literally to be of a lowly or humble mind, humility. And, and this is ultimately what it takes to submit, to live a submissive lifestyle. There has to be humility. Humility is not being a doormat. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less, someone said. Uh, it is putting others ahead of yourself, and that's how we can be submissive. Then verse 9 moves from the internal relationships among the body of Christ to external relationships with believers, where it says, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. No, no retaliation. You know, you're going to suffer in this world. There are going to be people that are going to misunderstand and mistreat you, particularly for being a believer. But no retaliation, no revenge, not returning evil for evil and insult for insult, but rather, it says, giving a blessing instead. And that means in exchange for insults, speak well of. That's what giving a blessing is. When they say bad about you, say good about them in the, in the world. You say, how in the world can you do that? Through the power of the Spirit of God. As we yield to the Lord, as we choose to yield to Jesus Christ, as we allow Christ to live our lives through us, as as we realize that um, we um, have not uh, deserved what we've got. As a matter of fact, it goes on to say, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Uh, we were called and we were justified. We were sanctified. We were saved for a blessing. And since we were saved for a blessing, since we were saved for a blessing, we should give a blessing. Since we are inheriting undeserved blessings, we should give to those uh, who treat us wrongly undeserved blessings. That's exactly what it means there. Be willing to give the undeserved blessings to those that, uh, that, that treat us wrongly. Well, that's what submissive living is all about. In verses 10 to 12 of this passage is a quote from the book of Psalms. It is Psalm 34, verses 12 to 16. And, it, and this quote here substantiates the whole point that Peter's making. Listen to what Psalm 34, verses 12 to 16 say, as quoted here in 1 Peter 3, verses 10 to 12. It says, The one who deserves life to love and to see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek 
peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and His ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And you can remember that. You see, uh, God's face is against those evildoers out there that are hurting you. And, and God's face will be against those of us who return evil for evil. God does not honor that. And so God calls us to live in a way before the watching world that they will see the reality of Christ. As Jesus said, love one another. By this, the whole world will know that you are my disciples, my followers. God calls us to live in community, loving one another and caring for one another and responding to insults and hurt by the outsiders in a way that will cause the watching world to turn their eyes toward Jesus and toward the cross and the gospel. Well, it's been a good passage. It's really blessed my heart. I hope it's blessed yours. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.